We're delighted to have you today. So very thankful that you're in the house of God today. I know that God is going to do a work. And I know that we're on the brink of what um, is called Valentine's Day. And if I could have all the men say Valentine's Day. So now you have no excuse to forget. So if you forget, it's not on me or Truth Church or anybody here. That's all on you because I just reminded you. Amen. All right. So Valentine's Day is coming up. And uh, you better make sure that you do your part. Go by Albertsons. Go by Walmart's. Make sure you get your, you should have already ordered the roses. If you buy roses for your wife, because uh, there will be none available tomorrow and they'll be all dead and wilted. And so if you were planning on doing that, I'm ruining that for you right now uh, because now they're going to know that you just forgot and you got reminded at church today. Amen. I just got a lot of enemies and I wasn't even trying. Amen. Valentine's Day is, is tomorrow. And so in light of that, uh, we're going to talk about Jesus today. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, if you would give a hand to Truth Praise. Thank you so very much. I'm going to go to one verse of Scripture. This morning I will be reading a, a different version than you may have in your Bible. I'm asking to put the version that I'm reading from on the screen. Praise God. This is not the marriage conference today, I promise. There will be some things that make you feel like you're in a marriage conference. But the ultimate goal is to talk about falling in love with Jesus. Amen. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 13, one verse of Scripture today. Very familiar, most likely, to many of you that are in the building. It says this, and now... Abide faith, hope, and everybody say that next word, love. Love. Your Bible probably says charity. Love. These three, but the greatest of these is love. The greatest of these is love. Today, I am going to preach from that thought, the greatest of these is love. The greatest of these is love. If you would look to somebody and tell them, I love you, it's all right if it's your brother in the Lord, if it's your sister in the Lord, look at them and say, I love you, and I want you to look back at them and say, but I love Jesus more. Amen. Sharing with someone yesterday, I told them, I said, you know, the problem, the problem with this world is we get our love bank out of whack. We love our wife. We love our children. We love our house. We love our car. We love our bank account. We love everything else. And then we love Jesus. But what it should be is we love Jesus more than anything else, and then everything else comes after that. Amen? We got to be in love with Jesus. 
I told someone yesterday, I said, you know, I love my wife. I love her with a passion. But I love Jesus more than I love my wife. I have to. If I'm going to make heaven my home, that, she's, man, look at that beautiful little mama right there. She got a gold dress on and everything. Woo-hoo! I wish I could whistle loud. I can't. Somebody do it for me. Thank you. Thank you. Do the other part of it, though. There we go. Thank you. That was from me. I love her, but I truly, and I know it, everybody likes it. We woo, got excited. Yeah, but I truly love Jesus more. I mean that. And I, I'm telling you, this year, this year, over the past three years, I've learned to love Jesus more. I've learned to fall in love with him more and more and more. And so I encourage you today to fall in love with Jesus. Young people, young ladies, young men, if I can give you any advice, you better love Jesus more than you love anything. When that, guys, when that beautiful little filly, you can go look it up what a filly is, but when that beautiful little filly comes by someday, where are all my guys at? I got like a bunch of girls. Where are you guys at? There we go. There we go. I got some. When that beautiful little thing comes by, walking by, man, everything you do, oh, man, I love her. But make sure you're in love with Jesus first. Amen? Make sure you're in love with Jesus first. Praise the Lord. The greatest of these is love. Lord, we thank you for your goodness and your mercy. We thank you for your presence and your power. Lord, my heartbeat, my desire is that we would find an altar today before we leave this place. I pray, Lord, that you would do surgery on our spirits and our minds. Do surgery, Lord, yes, on our, our relationships here on this earth. But ultimately, Lord, we want a surgery to be done on our relationship with you. When things are not right and they're out of whack, oh Lord, when it comes to our love to you, oh Lord, I pray that before we leave this place that they would get an alignment. In Jesus' name, we honor you, we praise you, and we give you thanks. Would you clap your hands unto the Lord? Hallelujah. Praise God. Would you turn around and greet somebody and tell them you're glad to see them in the house of the Lord today? Praise God. The greatest, the greatest of these, the greatest of these is love. And now, abide faith, hope, love. These three. But the greatest of these is love, is charity. Society in general can be cruel and heartless to, toward real virtue of any kind. In the most popular venues, love. Somebody say love. Love, love is seldom dealt with, with any degree of sobriety. Modern humor, humor mocks marriage, husbands and wives, and then glorifies every conceivable branch of virtue, such as sexual immorality, profane and obscene values. Real love. Somebody say real love. Real love. Real love. Young people say real love. real love. 
Young people say real love. love. Young adults say real love. There we go. We got a few young adults in there. I like that. Real love is a mystery to most people. Most people never realize the true potential or value of love. Nor do they learn to practice the art of love. I want to stop for a moment. And please, if you feel like you know everything about love, I want you to shut up and listen. Somebody say shut up and listen. Amen. Amen. Hope that was clear enough. That was my hope. It is usually very poorly, poorly, really poorly defined, especially from Hollywood, especially from social media. I am assuming I've never been a part of it, but I would assume that it's poorly defined from TikTok and anywhere else that you would find it Defined. It's probably poorly explained anywhere else but from the Word of God. People think that they are in love, but they can't explain it. There is a great deal of confusion and cross-referencing of the terms. Listen, love, romance, infatuation, affection, tenderness, passion, And the list goes on. Love. Love may include. Somebody say may. May. Love may include romance, infatuation, affection, and tenderness, and passion. But even if those elements are not present, it could still be love. Somebody say amen. amen. A lot of people will tell you that they are in love and that they have been in love, but there is a huge disparity between one person's definition of love and another's. Praise God. Paul describes love beautifully in Colossians 3 and verse 14, if you have your Bibles this morning. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together. Listen to this word in perfect unity and over all these virtues put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity can I stop for a moment and talk about that U word if we want to have perfect unity then we better as a body of Christ as men as women as young people we better put on love we better have love We better put it on just like you put your suit coat on or your jacket on. We better put on love. I want to have love in the body of Christ. Somebody say amen. I said I want to have love in the body of Christ. Love is noble and idealistic. Love is the highest of all the virtues. God himself is love. In the text I read, Paul classified faith hope, and love as the highest virtues and concluded, as we said a moment ago, that love was the highest of the three. Love is essential. Somebody say essential. I'm not talking about some, I love you. I'm talking about real, true 
love. I'm talking about love as we're going to define today from the Word of God. Love that comes from the Word of God. Love is essential to all perfect relationships. Amen. I, and you know, this is totally not in my notes, but we're going to go there. Young people, young men, young ladies, be careful how you use the word love. Be careful who you tell the word, I love you too. I love you. No, you don't. Shut up. Take it back. You don't. Stop it. You're 15. You're 12. You don't love them. You don't got a clue what love is. Go get in the book and find out what love is. Amen. And if I could go a step further, fall in love with Jesus first. And when you fall in love with Jesus, God love them. I got friends that they loved her, and she loved him. They loved each other. Love, 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 love. They loved each other, and they got what they wanted, and then love disappeared. Abracadabra, poof, and it was gone. This is not even that class or that session, but there we go. I just want to put that out there. Be careful who you say I love you to. Fall in love with Jesus first. Really, truly, fall in love with Jesus first. I love, be very, very, Pastor Darren, were you, I was very careful who I, personally, for me, not everybody, I'm not everybody, but for me, I was careful who I said I love you to. I'm married to her. I love her. That's the one I love. That's the one I gave myself. I love that lady over there. Be careful who you say I love you to. And again, if you want to find out what true love is, go to the book. That's right. All answers. I believe I texted this to Brother Jonathan this week. I said, I think it was you. All answers, all answers that you need to find for life or any area. It can all be found in this book right here. I promise. You're having a hard time at your job? Go to the book. The book is going to give you the answer for the issue and the problem that you're having. Your job, your, your, your business is going haywire. Get in the book. You're going to find out what the answer needs to be. I'm telling you, if you want to find out what love is and how you should love, get in the book. And the Bible says, seek ye first. Run after him. Gals, run after him. Men, fall in love with him. And when you fall in love with him, all these other things are going to be added. I just can't find him. I just can't find her. Fall in love with him, and then you'll find him, and you'll find her. All right, I told you all this wasn't a marriage conference, but here we go. Love is forgivers, not getters. Love is for getters and not givers and not getters. Those who demand to be loved before they love shouldn't be surprised if no 
one gives them love. People who love live in a world of giving. The getters, the ones who are looking for love, live in a different world. We have a duty to love, but we have no guarantees that we will be loved. The only one that we know for sure that will love us no matter what is Jesus Christ. And I want to encourage you today, if you feel like you need love, look to Jesus because he's the one that will love you no matter what. We have in our power to love, but we have no power to force others to love us. It is folly to spend life demanding love from others. Love requires the giving of one's self to another. I'm going to say that again. Husbands, I'm going to say that again. Wives, I'm going to say that again. Young people, love requires the giving of oneself to another. It involves an element of self Depletion, self-exhaustion, love is empathetic. It puts itself in someone else's shoes. Love seeks to understand. Love cares. It does not prejudge. It does not pass sentence. Love does not jump to conclusion. Somebody clap your hands this morning. Here we go. Love does not throw down ultimatums. Love does not declare war on its object, but it is tender, kind, and forgiving. It is tender, kind, and forgiving. Love is tuning into another's sensitivities. Love senses another's strengths and weaknesses. It uses the other person's measuring stick. This is what I think love is. I, this is No, 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 no. What does she think love is? What do you think love is? You got to use the other one's measuring stick. It suffers and rejoices on another's terms. Love seeks rapport. It seeks to interface with another's, another at their level. It seeks to relate emotionally, intellectually, physically, and spiritually. Love compromises whenever possible. Somebody clap your hands under the Lord. <laughs> Love sacrifices personal whims if they are incompatible with the one who is loved. Love abandons pursuit of anything if it hurts the one they are loving. Love will do without. Love bends. Love stretches. Love must sometimes shut up. It, it's actually keep silent. But I, the word shut up sound better. Love must sometimes keep silent. I thought I'd have some ladies say amen to that one. but It's all right. We'll keep on. Love is the desire that someone will fare better than yourself. Selfless. It is the willingness to spend yourself for the well-being of another. Love will pay a debt that other cannot pay. It will bail them out for the sake of survival. As I mentioned earlier, there are several things that are often confused. Somebody say confused. confused. Got misconception. We're messed up in some areas here. Confused with love. 
The first is romance. What most people never realize is that true love is not always romantic. Romance is different from love, even though ideally they should occur together. Romance is the emotional component of love. Romance adds the sparkle in the eyes. <laughs> Romance adds the perfume and the color. Romance embellishes the scenery and swells the music. Romance is the, the ideal of what love really should be like all the time. Romance is the gold leaf, if you will. It is the ornamentation. Romance sometimes becomes the means unto itself. It even becomes a cheap substitute for love at times. Some people seem to desire the trappings and embellishments of romance in place of genuine relationship. By comparison, romance, romance is superficial to love. Romance is skin deep. Love is heart deep. I'm going somewhere. Just stay with me. Romance requires things that love does not require. Romance requires gifts and surprises and lavishes attention. Romance sometimes demands things that contradict love. Romance is offered when the gold leaf wears off. Romance condemns love that is not eye-pleasing. Romance often injures, somebody say injures, injures true love. Mm. Somebody say amen. Because it doesn't always appeal to romance. Romance is selfishness. We got to have true love. Somebody say true love. Infatuation, infatuation and passion are also sometimes mistaken for love. Infatuation is, young people, can I just stop for a moment? That's what you're meaning to say when you say, I love you to that guy or girl. You're meaning to say, I'm infatuated with you. It's not love. Infatuation is extravagant passion or attraction to someone. Infatuation may or may not be the best it can for its object. Infatuation might just be physical passion. We're going somewhere. Passion is what you see from animals. Animals are infatuated with other animals. A mayor will like that stud horse, and that stud horse will like that mayor. So what I'm trying to tell you today is it might be infatuation. It may not be. Most likely isn't love. Passion is what you see in animals. Passion is driven by physical attraction, by chemistry, by hormones, if you will. Passion will make a buck tear down a fence to get to a doe. I'm getting somewhere. Everybody's like, where's he going? 
I'm going somewhere. Every healthy human will experience some kind of passion. They will experience that physical attraction, if you will. Every man or woman, young person, young or old, will experience that chemical endorphins begin to rush through your body when you have passion or you're, or you're excited or you have an infatuation for someone. If it is possible to feel passion for someone you do not love, and it is possible to love, it, it is possible to feel passion for someone that you do not love. I want to say it again. It is possible to feel passion for someone that you do not love. Y'all get that, young people? All right. And it is possible to love someone you do not feel passion for. One of the biggest mistakes a person can make is to get involved with another person on the basis of passion alone. If the component of love is absent in a relationship, it's devastating. Bad things can happen. Things that we don't want to see happen will happen. Pastor Darren, where are you going? Stay with me. A very passionate person is still capable of unspeakable things. Thoughtless sayings or even hateful abandonment. Even though they may express wild passion for an individual or something, if there is no love, if there is no love there, you will surely be hurt from that individual. By the same measure, you will certainly hurt anyone else for whom you have passion but no love. Stay away from passion that is not bound by love. I want to stop for a moment and tell you today, we cannot have passion and infatuation for our God. We must love our God. Let me tell you what sometimes happens, and I'll get back to my notes in a moment. Sometimes we come to a service and we hear the preaching or we feel the conviction and we come to the house of God and the words are said. God can forgive. God can transform. God can do all of these things. And we get an infatuation with what God can do. We get a pat Man, that's awesome. I want him to do that. And we get infatuated with what he can do for us. And how good he looks with the words that the preacher is preaching. And we feel that passion and we feel that, that excitement. And God touches us and we get the Holy Ghost. We get baptized in Jesus' name. But brother text, then we live on passion and infatuation. And we don't fall in love with Jesus. It's the exact same thing. You walk into the club or you walk into the church or you walk into that place and there's that pretty old filly. There's that good-looking, handsome man. And they look at you just right. They say something to you just right. And you get infatuated and passionate about this individual. And then dumb things happen because you let that lead you and not let love lead you. Oh, Pastor Darren, those are two different things. No, they're not. 
We do the exact same thing when we come into the house of God. What can you give me, Jesus? What can you do for me, Jesus? I want you to do this, that, the other, and all these other things. And my list of 25 things. And when you do that, man, I'm passionate about you. I love you. I'm going to tell everybody about you. But when the going gets rough, and it feels like no blessings there and no hopes there and no helps there. And you feel like, what's going on? And you're, you're at your wit's end. If you love him, you're going to keep his commandments no matter what. Oh, I'm preaching this morning right now. Love. You may be seated. Love, not romance, infatuation or passion, but love is essential to the success of any relationship. It is the true force that holds two people together while they sort out their differences. Love is the sea claim. Give some of you people that don't know about construction here. Love is the sea clamp, and it is the glue. If you love, you will be forced to be patient while the glue dries. Love will not always hold things together, but if you can but if anything can, it will. Love is the last and best chance at sealing a relationship. Ooh, man. I almost got really ahead of myself, and I'm only on page eight, and I got 16. What well, love will expose. Love will expose you to rejoice. And to hurt. It will expose you rather to rejection and hurt. Your attempt at loving someone will not always be appreciated and received kindly. Somebody hear me. Your motives may not be understood or believed. When you love, you are your most vulnerable to hurt. Sharing your love is the most expensive thing you will ever do. I say amen. <laughs> it can either be the most rewarding effort or it can be the most devastating endeavor. Please, everybody hear me right now. Nobody is happier than a person in love. Nobody is sadder than one whose love has failed. Love can build a bridge across the great divide. Love is more powerful than any other force because love stands for the best interest. Love will only do good. Love will do no evil. Real true love will do no evil. I want to say it again. True love, real love, biblical love will do no evil. Love is the most irresistible force known to humanity. Man, I love you, baby. I just want to say that. I love you. Love and adversity is like pouring fiery coals on the resistance. They must eventually respond in some way. Love does only good and thereby creates a debt of gratitude. Love does only good. Every man say amen. Every lady say amen. Love does only good and thereby creates a debt of gratitude. People who are in love develop a symbolic relationship eventually. Each 
draws life force from the other. There is a mutual support system that emerges. If a person is substantially different from you in their values and lifestyles, they may resist your effort to love them for the simple reason, hear me this morning, that they do not want to be engaged with you. They do not want your values or your lifestyle imposing upon their own. In such a case, it is best, hear me right now, young people, hear me right now, young adults, hear what I'm telling you right now, it is best to abandon the pursuit. The Bible says, be not unequally yoked with a person who is radically different in their values or their lifestyle. Get away from it. Run away from it. Abandon it. Get out of there. What is the purpose of love? Love is the desire to embrace another. God is love, Brother Cooper. God blesses all of creation. He builds, he strengthens, and he helps. While much of the time he is being resisted, rejected, and ignored. God loves us. Yes, Jesus loves us. That means he wants to do us good. Did you know that Jesus wants to do you good? Did you know that his ultimate desire is to do you good, to make you happy, to make you feel like life is wonderful and great. He wants to do you good. If we reject him, it is because we do not listen. Remember what I told you. When somebody's values, somebody's heartbeat, their lifestyle, everything that they have is opposing to what you think and what you believe and what you, you need to get away from it. Listen to me. If we reject him, it is because we do not want his ways or his lifestyle. It is because we have deluded ourselves into believing that our way is better than his way. Unfortunately, there is no way to prosper outside the blessing of God. I want to say that one more time. You may feel like you're prospering. You may feel like your pockets are padded. You may feel like everything's going great. But if you are outside the way of God, take heed, you're about to fall. Take heed, bad things are about to come your way. To reject God's love is to reject life. The Bible says that he loved us so much that he what? He gave himself we might have life and life more abundantly. If we do not handle love rightly, then eventually, eventually, it's going to be something. There's going to be something bad that happens in our lives. And everything else will be out of kilter. Everything else will fall to the wayside if we do not handle love rightly. If our lives are not motivated by love, we are certain to become corrupt, contaminated, 
diseased by lesser forces. Somebody say amen. amen. I don't want to become contaminated or diseased by lesser forces. I want to handle love rightly. I want to get a picture of love from the word of God. If we don't love our spouses, our children, our families, or our fellow man, then we have given ourselves to their demise. Stay with me. If we don't love them, oh, I can't stand her. Oh, it makes me so mad. Ah, man, that child, stupid child. I hate them. I don't like them. I don't even love them. We have given ourselves to their demise. The failure to love is a form of abandonment. It says, I don't care how you turn out. Daddy, Daddy, do you love your daughter? Daddy, do you love your son? Daddy, do you love your wife? And what you need to do is you need to make sure that you're loving them in a godly love. Oh, man, I, they're going to do what they want to do. They're going to act how they want to act. Yeah. Hmm. Spare the rod, spoil the child. If you don't do what you're supposed to do as a parent, you don't have godly love. You better love them. You better love them. It may, it's going to hurt to love them sometimes. Is it all going to turn out great? No. Our church is full of places that daddy and mama love, 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 cared, 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 didn't, didn't spare the rod. They did everything they could do, but still, things didn't turn out right. There are those cases that happen sometimes. It says, I don't care how you turn out. It says, your life is unimportant to me. It says, I am selfish. I don't want to be involved in your well-being. God requires us to love every man because in doing so, we become parents with God in the saving and redeeming of the human race. And that's where I'm going this morning. We will love our neighbor. I said we will love our neighbor. We will love our neighbors. We will, we will be allied with God. And we're salvaging that human race when we love our neighbor. It's important that you look across the street and you fall in love with your neighbor. I'm not speaking of crazy stuff. I'm talking about a godly love. I love them so much that I want to do whatever I can to make sure they come into the house of God. I'm going to talk to them. I'm going to invite them. I'm going to give them. It can change your life card. I'm going to tell them that we love God, serve others, live for God, and share with others. I'm going to do whatever I can to make sure that they know about the love of Jesus Christ. When we love our children, we are allied with God in saving our children. When we love our spouses, we are allied with God in saving our spouses. When we do not love others, we place ourselves at odds with God. It's about to get real healthy in the house right now. You know, here at True Church, we got family members that don't even talk to each other. Because they don't love each other. Somewhere down the line, somewhere, somebody did something to somebody somewhere, and I don't really give a rip where the story leads. They don't talk to them. 
One sits over here and the other one sits over here and it's getting real peachy in this place right now because, man, Pastor Ben acting crazy. <laughs> Who's he talking about? I ain't ever going to say. But I'm going to tell you something. Do you want to be at odds with God? No. Do you know that Pastor Darren can only do something, say something that will cause you to think and cause you to be like, man, I need to get this right. I need to do what the Bible says. I need to go to him and I need to go to her and we need to fix this because we need to love each other because if we don't love each other, we're going to be at odds with God. I know that he or she called you a red, yellow belly, no good rattlesnake in the pond or whatever. I don't know. I don't even know a good cut down. They called you everything that they could call you and you lily livered, no good, sack of trash, blah, 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 and all these different things. But you know something? If you don't love others, your family and the brother and the sister and the Lord that looked at you wrong or said something, they didn't open the door for you and they didn't say hi to you and they invited everybody else to their house, they didn't invite you. You better not be at odds because if you're at odds, what's going to happen? You're going to be at odds with God. You better love them. Say, I love you. Everybody say it. Don't look in their general direction yet because y'all might get in a fight and we don't have any referees today. <laughs> Brother Rawls and his team didn't sign up and they didn't bring their white and black shirts today. Y'all fix that on your time. Invite them to lunch today. Fix it. The greatest of these is love, ladies and gentlemen. The greatest of these is love. And I want to tell you something. If we're going to be in unity, then we got to love each other. If we're going to be in unity and we're going to ever be what God wants us to be in this last and closing hour, we better love each other. Because I'm going to tell you something. When a new baby comes in, they sense when people don't love. They sense when you're mad and they're mad and everybody else is mad. And I feel the tension over here. I'm telling you something. I don't want to reproduce somebody that don't love. What you got to do is you got to get it right so we can tell them this is how you get it right when odds and hurts and pains come into our lives. We are neglecting or destroying what God is trying to build up. We are ignoring a cause. A cause that is uppermost in the mind of God. Husbands should love their wives. Wives should love their husbands. Parents should love their children. And children should love their parents. Every dysfunctional couple is a deterrent to their circle of influence. Whether it be a detriment to the child. Whether it be the divorce or the broken family ties or the impact on the community large. Hear me right now. It is foolish to think that we can show love in the public venue while neg neglecting love at home without getting caught in our hypocrisy. Everybody 
on your job may love your smiling face and your cheery ways. But if you are a monster at home, be sure your sins will find you out. Got a question. Do you love someone? Do you love someone? All right. The Bible says we should love all. The Bible says we should all love one another. We should love our families, our friends, our brothers, our sisters, our church. How do we best love? Love begins to express when it is formulated in the heart. A lot of times, because of the spirit of the age, we feel like love is formulated in the eyes. We feel like it's formulated in a different way. Love begins with a thought. Love looks at a subject and creates an interest. Love looks at a person and says, I like that person and I want to be good to him or to her. Bear with me. Love cannot function in an environment of prejudice. You cannot love someone for whom you feel I like it better because it descri that describes it better. Yeah. Ugh. Eye roll if you can't see me. You've got to love them by looking at them in the eye, smiling really big. I love you. You cannot help someone you refuse to understand. You cannot help someone you have judged unworthily. You cannot love someone whom you disdain for their appearance. You cannot love someone who you dislike because of their upbringing. You cannot love someone you resist because of their lack of grooming. Get a haircut, boys. You cannot love someone you are jealous of. Whether you are jealous of their looks, their financial status, their popularity with others, their education, their social standings, or any other reason. Ladies and gentlemen, this body of Christ has got to love no matter what. Pastor Darren, why are you talking about this today? Because I believe that we are on the verge of something that we have never experienced before. I believe over the next course of a few months, God is going to help us get some things right. Things that we haven't been doing, we're going to start doing them right. And I believe when we start doing them right and doing practical things that we need to do, this is one area that we better get right, brother and sister, mom, dad, aunt, uncle, praise God, because if we don't get it right, it will be the one thing that detours us from doing great things in the last days. The greatest of these is love. Somebody say, I love you. It is grossly unjust to limit your love to those with whom 
you get your best report. You must not limit yourself to loving only those who think you dress like you, they dress like you or act like you. Or You must love all people of all kinds in spite of whatever they come from, whatever they look like, whatever is maybe what you feel is gross about them, whatever experience that they come from, whatever pedigree that they come from, whatever they smell like, it doesn't matter. We better love everybody that comes into the house of God. We better love every family that comes in the house of God. I'm going to tell you something. As this was coming together, I made up in my mind, I'm going to do something crazy. I got it from one of the school teachers at my kid's school. Miss Langford, she's a sweet lady, but she's got this side. And when somebody wants to sit by somebody else, and somebody wants to, I want to sit there and I want to do this. She says, all right, everybody stand up. And she goes and moves everybody's desk around. And you don't get to sit by. Right now, everybody getting scared right now. Pastor Darren, are you going to make me sit? You can either say, I ain't doing that, and we'll see that you're rebellious, and then it'll be up to you. I mean, you can deal with God on that deal. I'm going to get a drink on that one. But I am. I'm going to say, hey, listen, you usually sit over here. Why don't you come sit up here today? I'm going to start moving us around because you need to love somebody. You need to sit with somebody you don't normally sit with. You need to be kind to some. It's unfortunate in the house of God. Well, Pastor Darren, there's churches that have 10,000 and They don't know each other. No, that's called a pastor, and they're called cows. I'm not pastoring cows. I'm pastoring sheep. And sheep love each other. Now, we got little brains. We don't do things like we should. Everybody, I'm included. I'm included. But we got to love each other. And we got to love each other with a godly love. Mama, you got to love that baby that just talked back to you this morning. You got to love that wife that didn't clean your clothes yesterday evening. That didn't happen. My clothes were clean this morning, I promise. What do you do when you love? Listen to me. If this is not in your home, if this is not how you conduct yourself at church, you need to hear what I'm about to tell you right now. What do you do when you love? When you love, you care. You show you care. You think caring thoughts. You commit yourself to caring. You refuse to stop caring even if they don't care if you care. Love dwells where dislike would never go. Love penetrates hostile environments. Love reaches out. Love favors that will never be repaid. It gives favor. It does favors that you don't ever expect anything in return. Love shows appreciation for things that go unnoticed. Love runs errands. Love expects nothing in return. Love rewards it rewards others. Love seeks not its own, but the good of others. It ain't about me. It's about you. Anybody believe that sounds like the word of God? Less of me or none of me 
and all of you. Love makes man build up his family. And a loving man and a loving woman, they nourish each other. A loving family nourishes each other and they do what God intended them to do. Love doesn't seek to destroy. Love doesn't condemn or show harshness. Love is kind. Love is tender. Love, it anticipates what the other one wants and does whatever they can to make it happen. Love is not hate. Love does not hate. Love doesn't put a microscope on, the, on your faults. It puts a microscope on your potential. Anybody want to say amen to that? Anybody thankful that where you came from, God didn't put a microscope on your failures. He put a microscope on, you can do this, you can go here, you can be this in the future. I got this for you. Aren't you thankful that God didn't put a microscope on your faults and your failures? He told you to forget those things which are behind and press toward the mark. Love forgives faults. Love sometimes turns a blinded eye. Love allows space for improvement. Love tolerates a lot of things that would otherwise be intolerable. Love bears with people that no one else would bear with. Love gives second chances. Love gives third chances. Love gives fourth chances. Love leaves, leaves the door unlocked and the porch light on. Love will meet a prodigal Halfway. Do you know the story, ladies and gentlemen? The prodigal did what? Took everything that was rightfully his. And he said, Daddy, check you later. Sayonara. And he spent everything that Daddy gave him on riotous living. He lived his own life, Sister Jolanta. He did everything he wanted to do. But love looked out on the front porch every single day and said, and went back to bed, Brother Texan, and kept on about his business. But every now and then, would look, look, Brother Adams, and I don't see anything, but love went and turned the porch light back on and went and told everybody, yeah, I know. I know he left. I know he told we had an argument before he left. I know all of this stuff happened. I know he's not doing good. I've heard the stories. I've heard the things that are going on in town. I got all of that. But love said, soon as, soon as I see a little bit of dust coming up from his feet, you better believe it. I'm going to meet him halfway. And if it's not halfway, it may be even three quarters of the way. I'm going to do whatever I can. That's what love does. <laughs> love will celebrate a victory even if it's a small one. Love wants it all to work out and will spend everything to make it happen. Love rejoices when others prosper. Love doesn't demand equal time. Love doesn't require equal pay. Love works for fear if it has to. Love never gives up. Love never gives up. Love never gives up. Love never gives up. Up. Did I say that already? Love never gives up. Love clings to the idea. Love persists through all adversity. Love 
believes in all hope. I got hope. I, I believe that there's hope for this situation. I, I believe there's hope in this problem. I believe there is hope. John 3, media team, if you'd help me. John 3 and verse 16. Very familiar verse of scripture. Most everybody in the building could probably quote it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The love, the love that Jesus Christ gave for you and me. Can we duplicate that as, as a body of Christ or as individuals? No, we can't. Can we make that same kind of love happen inside of us? Well, probably not that same kind of love, but maybe something like it. No matter what, I love you. There's some virtues that we learned about in our text, but the greatest of these is charity. It's love. The greatest of these is love. And I want to tell somebody in this congregation today, love is what you need to hold on to. To love is to be like Christ. Not to love is contrary to Christ. There is no greater love than to lay down your life for someone else. Sir, ma'am, there is no greater love than to lay down your life for someone else. In your dying, they live. In your dying, they live. It is imperative for a child of God to make up in your mind that it is none of me and all of you. If we are going to be the church that God intends us to be, we must be selfless. We must turn away from what we want and what we desire. And we must look at the one that is broken. We must look at the one that is hurting. We, may, we must look at the one that needs something from God and say, in my denial of myself, in my hope of getting further and getting more from God, I don't want, it's not about me, it's about you. I want to be a disciple. I want you to prosper. I want you to win. I, I'm going to pause myself for a little while and I'm going to make sure you get what you need. In your passing, in your neglect of yourself for not ever but just for a moment, you are sustaining that individual. Your deprivation, their needs are met. In your hunger, they are fed. In your want, they are filled. Hear this today. Love will stay when self-preservation would leave the room. That's what love does. Others need, needs compel love to stay on the job when otherwise it would quit. I know preachers usually say things like this. 
with this portion of what I'm talking to you about today, I want you to hear it if you didn't hear anything else. So please, turn your listening ears on. Get out a pen if you want to get out a pen. You could be religious. You can go to church. You can be on the praise team. You can be a part of true kids, true students, teens. You could be on the host team. You could be on our AVL team. But if you don't live by love, you are a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. John put it this way in 1 John 4 and 8. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. We better fall in love. First of all, we better fall in love with Jesus. Second of all, we better love each other. Sir, I'm going to tell you what happens when you jet out of here almost every service. When you don't, ah, you know something, I'm just me, I'm my own person, I'm not going to do me. What happens is, you're saying, I don't, I may be like them, but I don't really love them. Because when you love someone, you spend time with them. When you love someone, you have conversation with them. Pastor Darren, is this what you were getting to? This is what I was getting to. When you love someone, you say, hey, you know something? They're having a small group launch today, and I'm going to be a part of a small group. Do you think that we just have small groups to have small groups? No, sir. Do you think that we just have prayer groups to have prayer groups? No, ma'am. The effort is that we could keep love at the forefront of our mind and our spirit. That we could have the kind of love that God wants us to have for each other. When you show love, what does perfect love do? Perfect love, Brother Ramon, makes somebody else say, I want to be a part of that. Man, that's, that's pretty awesome. You don't got to say a word. I, I genuinely love the people that I'm hanging with. I genuinely love the people that I'm d- doing a Bible study with in the middle of the coffee shop. I genuinely love these individuals that I'm having this outing with. What happens? It's important, ladies and gentlemen. It's important, Brother Jordan, the effort that you and Sister Jessica and your team put in to throw a launch going for everybody. It's important that we give our time to it. Oh, I don't have time. I don't want to do that. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. Pastor Darren, I don't got to be a part of a small group to love. Yes, you do. Because you ain't going to do it on your own, so we got to orchestrate something for you to do. Don't tell me. Because we've had outings. I've been a part of them. I see the attendance. Everything else is more important than loving your brother and sister in the Lord. We need to orchestrate some things, and you need to be a part of those things so you can practice what I've been preaching about today. But if you are a master at love, 
you will be happy even if life dishes you trial after another. If you are a loving person, yes, if you are a lover, you are what God has made you to be. Sister Servant, that's what God's made you to be, a lover. You want life to get better? You want home to get better, sir? Ma'am, you want, you want relationship to get better? Then you need to have love one for another. It's all right to clap. If you want to feel comfortable coming to an altar, if you want to feel comfortable coming to a prayer meeting, then you need to spend some time with somebody outside of the four walls of this building because when you spend time out there, you're going to say, hey, let's be disciples. Hey, let's pray together. Hey, let's go to church together. Let's worship together. Let's be an end-time revivalist together. If you love the same things, you'll do the same things. Stand to your feet. If God were only hate, he would have no faithful followers. If God did not love us, we would not have pled his calls through the centuries. It is the love of God toward us that has endured him to us. If he had not loved us while we were unlovable, we would have ignored him. We would have ignored his calls. We would have ignored everything that he's ever done for us. But ladies and gentlemen, he loved us when we were unlovable. The Bible says that he so loved the world that he gave. He gave. God is that glue. His love for us is that glue that holds us together. Every one of us will eventually pass from this life. Keep on listening to me. When we are gone, everything we have accumulated will be lost. We can't take houses. We can't take trailers. We can't take cars. We can't take land. We can't take furniture. We can't take tools. We can't take art. We can't take money in the bank account or anything else. Most of the things we have stored in our attics and our garages will probably all be thrown away. Our clothes will be given away. Nobody will listen to our CDs or read our books. Or Nobody's going to want that. It won't take long until everything we ever were is gone and forgotten with one exception. We will continue to live in the hearts of those we have loved. If we have loved God, 
we will find ourselves forever in his bosom. And if we have loved others, we will be remembered fondly forever by those we have loved. If we have failed to love, we leave nothing behind. If you would put 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 13 up one more time. So now faith, hope, and charity or love abide these three. But the greatest of these is love. Would you say that? The greatest of these is love. Ladies and gentlemen, the most important thing that we could do on this Valentine's week is not take our beautiful wives out for a dinner, take our children and our families out for a dinner, or treat yourself because you love yourself. But the greatest thing that we can do is have love one for another. The greatest of all of those things is we better love Jesus Christ. Brother Falls, our heart better beat for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. No matter what any, no matter what's going on, no matter the problems, the issues in life, no matter what he said, she said, or they said, we better have love for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Now I'm going to end this message this way today. If you're in the building this morning and you've never experienced the kind of love that I'm talking about from anybody on this earth. Though that's sad and that hurts my feelings and I'm sure your feelings are hurt too. There's one in this building today and his name is Jesus. And he's looking over the balcony of heaven and he's saying, I know you've failed. I know you've messed up. I know you've been a miserable failure. But I sure do love you. I sure do love you. And I loved you so much that I gave myself for you. And what he's wanting you to do is he's wanting you to make your way to an altar. And he's wanting you to say, Lord, if I don't get anything out of the day, what I want is I want your love in my life. Would you raise your hands all across this building? Would you lift your voice all across this building? I want to open this altar right now as they begin to sing. And I want this song to become your prayer as they sing. Would you lift your voices to him? Would you lift your hands to him? He loves you. He loves you and me. He gave himself. Come to this altar right now. Would you feel like you're a failure right now? Would you come to the altar? You feel like you're no good? What could he give?